Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by UFM Underwear. Head to UFMunderwear.com and use promo code BREAKDOWN for $5 off your purchase. UFM Underwear. Support your manhood. And also brought to you by MyBookie, where you can double your first deposit. Head to MyBookie.ag and use promo code GATORS to activate the offer. Bet. Win. Get paid. At MyBookie. Gators Breakdown, the Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And joining me on this episode is Will Miles. Will, can it be Saturday already? Uh, this, this bye week killed me. It's killing me. It kills me every year before Florida, Georgia. I'm ready for kickoff now. Let's go right now. It, it's what we're recording Monday night at 9:30. If the teams were here, I, 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 let's just get it going right now. Well, the good news is we have an extra hour to recover this week, right? Because the the clocks go back yeah. after the game. I've always so, said that it's, it's so beneficial when because it, it usually always happens Florida, Georgia, and there's not a better Sunday it could happen. No, because, you know, there's no way I'm getting up for church on Sunday <laughs> after watching the game. Because if Florida wins, I'm celebrating. And if they don't, then you got to drown your sorrows. So um, they don't call it the cocktail party for nothing, man. So it's it's a good time, obviously. And I'm sure we'll talk about the uh, keeping the game in Jacksonville a little bit later. But, um, yeah, it's been one of those things where last week was a little bit um, – I don't want to say it was dull since Oklahoma went down and there were some there were some decent games out there, but – um, nothing beats a nothing beats a Florida Georgia game in late October, early November, where we get to where we really get to see where the where the season's going to take them, and and that's really what this is. I mean, this is a huge game for both teams. Really, is a season maker breaker for both of them, and and it's a, it's an exciting thing because it's all you really could ask for coming into the year. Absolutely, and it, it is the biggest game of uh, of the country uh, as well this week. Uh, and and by far too. Yeah, if you have Memphis SMU out there as well, but a lot of top ten teams are not even playing. They're on bye weeks this week, and this game's a top ten matchup uh, in Jacksonville. I'm telling you, it's just. I mean, we talked about it last week. You know, Brent Mullen coming back. He's made this game uh, even bigger. But uh, it is the uh, it is the marquee matchup uh, of the country right now. And I'm telling you, it's just. Man, the bye week just made it worse. It's just I, I, I'm I, I'm ramped, ready to go. Yeah, you know it's it's from the standpoint of the quality of football, I think the bye week is going to make the game better. I think yeah. there won't be any excuses. Everybody's healthy. You got guys coming back for both teams. Um, anybody who is dinged up is going to be is going to be healthier coming into this game. So it's going to be best against best, and and whoever wins is going to have bragging rights. And I'm sure the fan bases will give the other fan bases a hard time, regardless of what happens. And and that's one of the great things about this rivalry is that. The states are pretty close, but man, do the fans hate each other. <laughs> it's just really, it really, it's it's just different than the other rivalries that Florida's in. I mean, you know, Tennessee, maybe you don't really think of that as a rivalry anymore, but Tennessee was was reasonably hostile, but not ridiculous. LSU's getting there, but mainly because of the hurricane fiasco. Uh, Florida State, I mean, you know, again, it was back and forth quite a bit. I mean, I don't like those guys. I enjoy beating them, but 
there's there's really nothing like beating Georgia. You know, Spurrier putting up 52 in between the hedges and and just sort of the vitriol he had for Georgia, I think it sort of transferred to all the Florida fans who are old enough to remember that. And then Urban Meyer calling timeouts to to <laughs> to, to ice the game there late after Georgia had come on and stomped the field the year before. I mean, there's just there's a history of bad blood between the players, between the coaches, and between the fans that makes this one unique, especially since it's, since it's a neutral site game. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk about all this stuff coming up here. Florida-Georgia big top 10 matchup on the way Saturday for the Gators. Remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. When using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. And on social media, follow Gators Breakdown on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. Don't forget, every week, a News 4 Jacks exclusive Talking with Troop with former Gators tight end Ben Troop joins me once a week at News 4 Jacks and gives his thoughts like only he can, especially for Florida, Georgia. That's uh, Ben uh, named this the best rivalry uh, in college football uh, today with his article. So we'll get his thoughts on that there, him being from Georgia. Of course, uh, this game means a lot to him. And you can catch that every week exclusively at News4Jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. So we'll... Came on here last week and, and discussed how Florida's in control of you know, whatever may happen this season uh, after this game or this game and, and after this game, the SEC East, SEC Championship, college football playoff appearance, all that's still available for the Gators when they line up against Georgia on Saturday here in Jacksonville. So uh, I think that begs the question for Gator Nation and however they want to define it, uh, is Georgia a must-win game for the Gators and you can define must win any way you want. Uh, so, you know, first off, I, I don't want there to be the narrative that this is a, a must win for Dan Mullen's job. It's not no way some form or fashion. Uh, it, it fits that mold. But uh, it is not what I'm trying to t- trying to get at here for on this episode. A loss here is not an indicator of uh, a future success. A, a loss is not an indictment on Mullen's tenure at Florida. With all that said, I do think this is a must win for a few reasons. Uh, a win can do so much here. It, first of all, it's something to build on. Uh, we come into this season with with Georgia being the runaway favorite for the SEC East and a national title contender, uh, and that Florida wouldn't have much of a shot. It, it, many people out there, you know, still thought it would come down to this game, but hardly anybody picked Florida to come out of this game. Uh, we, you know, come out of Jacksonville uh, with with a win. So, well, here we are, game week. We're actually looking at Florida being the higher-ranked team after Georgia uh, and their inexplicable loss to South Carolina a couple weeks ago. The last couple of weeks, we've seen national pundits jump on board the Florida train and and now picking Florida to finish the season as SEC East champs uh, and wondering what's going on at at Georgia. But but the narrative doesn't completely change unless Florida goes out there on Saturday and beats Georgia. All this positive talk is well and good now, and people – you know, talking about how good Florida is and how, and it's been a while for that. It's good to see, you know, but all, you know, all that returns, you know, if Florida loses on, on Saturday, all the negative, all the bad talk uh, probably returns there. Uh, so, you know, it, it is a must win to, to change the narrative and change the perception out there. Perception is reality. And then and this win can give the, the program an added confidence boost to go, to go out, finish the season the right way, make it to Atlanta with everything on the line. You know, this puts doubts on the way things are going in Athens if Florida wins this game. Shifts focus to what's happening in Gainesville. Recruits will certainly take notice. You know, and, and one game doesn't doesn't necessarily define that, but this is one game paired with the rest of the season that will go a long way in pitching to recruits that things really are on the way back in Gainesville. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest, Dave. If Florida was five and three. This game wouldn't be make or break, but you got yeah. Vanderbilt and you got Missouri coming up after this. And with the way Missouri struggled, this is basically for the East. Yeah. And you're getting an opportunity to go to the SEC championship game in all intents and purposes if you win this one. And I know you don't want to take anybody for granted and you don't want to look ahead and that sort of stuff. But end of the day, if you're good enough to beat Georgia, then you should be good enough to take care of business against Vanderbilt and Missouri. And so this is for the East. And the reality is, is that to, for Mullen to take a next step from being at a you know a a big time bowl game last year to then winning the East and potentially winning the SEC, I mean I think that's a big a big step forward for the program, obviously. And you know the other thing is is that 
typically in third years, coaches tend to take a step backwards. Um, you know, this is a veteran heavy group for, for Mullen this year. Obviously you've got Trask at quarterback and he can come back next year, but 19 of the 22 Gators starters are going to be draft eligible, including nine seniors after this game and recruiting, you know, we've talked about it extensively has not been excellent under Jim McElwain before him and even under Mullen since he's taken over. And so it takes some time to develop those guys. And so having a veteran laden group means you really got to take advantage of it while you've got the opportunity. And, you know, you mentioned Georgia and the doubts in Athens. I think that's an important thing that, you know, Georgia in that second year makes it to the national championship game, completely chokes it away in the overtime against Alabama. They lose twice to backup quarterbacks against Alabama. They got stomped by LSU last year. They lose a game that's just inexplicable at home against South Carolina in a game where, you know, Fromm throws the ball 51 times, but only throws for like 290 yards. They then go out and play against essentially no quarterback against Kentucky and are 0-0 at the half. Like, there are really some concerns for people who are Georgia fans out there looking at that team going, what in the world is going on? And this is an opportunity to say you know what, like we may not have the same kind of recruits, but we've got a coach who has the ability to do things that smart has not proven to be able to do yet. Um, and again, I, in, in back in 2002, Rick took over and sort of had the same sort of trajectory, eight and five his first year an SEC championship his second year lost in the SEC championship game his third year. And then Florida got rid of Zook, brought in Urban Meyer. And all of a sudden then it was a real rivalry between the two for three or four years. And then, you know, obviously Meyer leaves and Florida's down, but Georgia was down at the same time. So, you know, this is one of those things where it's an opportunity for Mullen to sort of set that stage where it's going to be Florida, Georgia for the foreseeable future. And he's going to have a team that competes every year. And this is, you know, again, this is one of those things where I don't know that I'd necessarily call it a must win, but in terms of, I, I don't know that once you get to this point and you've got Georgia sorted down and you've got the team where you want it, um, it's one of those things where I think you would be disappointed if you came out of here, especially if you came out and lost by 30 points or something like they have the last couple of years. If they keep it close, lose close, losing a close game, maybe they say, okay, we're making progress. We're closing the gap. But end of the day, it only matters if you win. And, and Mullen is going to need to do that in order to compete with Georgia long-term because he's going to need to start being able to sell the narrative that Florida is a place to go to win and, and you're going to be able to win over Georgia. Yeah, I think going back to preseason, Will, you and I even discussed this a bit, you know, that this, with all the, the experienced talent Florida was bringing back, that this might be a year to get to get Georgia with, with the talent that you were bringing back. We, you had a re- returning quarterback in Felipe Franks, but, you know, Kyle Trask has picked up that mantle pretty well. Uh, you've had all these returning receivers. You had returning running backs. You know, offensive line was the question, of course. Todd Grantham comes back. You, you believed in what they were doing on defense. But also with this how now – you know, we fast forward and how this season has played out. You know, it, it does look like Georgia really can be had right now. This is a great chance to get Georgia. They're not playing as good as everybody thought they would when the season started. They are still a really good team. That's one thing I think we still have to put out there. And and and, and with the bye week and everything, things are going to get fixed. They look go back to last year. We were kind of looking at Georgia in the same way, coming off of a you know, blowout loss to LSU. They had a bye week to, to gather everything up and, you know, come, come to Jacksonville and put it on Florida. So this Georgia team is still really good, but it, it's not running as smooth in Athens as many thought it would. And, you know, it looks like Florida's a team that's just getting better and better uh, every week now. So there, there's an opportunity to go out there, play your best game. And, and that's probably, to me, that's probably enough to win this game. I, I think Georgia's issues have become a trend for them this season. And if we take a snapshot of this season and how it's played out so far, where both teams, if you look at both teams' schedule and who they've played so far, yeah, I think if both teams go out there and play their best, I like Florida in that scenario and how it's played out so far. And so, yeah, I feel comfortable in saying Florida can win that game if both teams got there and play their best. So this is your chance. Go capitalize on it. And once again, this isn't a must win for job security. Way, way, way too soon for that. But this game is a must win for perception, as I said. Must win for another step in, in jump-starting the program uh, in Mullen's second season. Go ahead and announce to the world that Florida is you know, back at the top of the SEC East. Yeah, there's actually two things there I think maybe I disagree with. One is that at least early in the season for me and, and, and during the offseason, I thought Georgia had a real shot to win the national championship. I mean, they were bringing in all that talent. And then you've got a third-year starting quarterback who has – 
really been near elite. And if he was able to take a step forward, then they were going to be really, really good. And he just has not done that. Fromm has struggled considerably this year. And I think, you know, sort of looking at the tape, one of the things I got excited about this past week is I was looking at some of the stuff that he's done. And South Carolina really showed a blueprint for how you stop him and how you stop George's offense. And and I think that there are some things you can exploit because he hasn't necessarily grown over the last three years. I mean, he's gotten better as a quarterback, but this year his statistics are worse and not really against a murderer's row of defenses. And so I think there's some- this season. Well, I, know, I remember a, a specific DM we had. I was not high on James Coley as OC. Yeah, well, that is absolutely true, and I think maybe he's they're missing Cheney a little bit there. But um, you know, again, I, I think I think there's a lot to be said for for sort of what Kirby Smart brings to the table as a coach from a recruiting standpoint. I think there are still doubts out there about him as an in-game coach. I think it's shown up in areas, you know, the fake punt with <laughs> with with, uh, with Fields, but also you know, you go back to his first year, and there were there were plays where you could pick out where he cost them games. And then, you know, adjustments at halftime, taking the ball out of your best player's hands, those sorts of things have happened pretty regularly with him. The one thing I do disagree. The other thing I disagree with though, is that I think if Georgia plays their best game, they beat Florida, but I think Florida has the ability to sort of force them off of playing their best game with some of the things that they can do. And some of the strengths that Florida has, I think match the strengths of Georgia, like what Georgia wants to do on offense. I think Florida's got things on defense that can help. And then the way you really sort of bother Trask, I don't know that necessarily Georgia's defense has the ability to do the things that you need to do to really disrupt what Trask and, and the Florida offense wants to do. So I guess my I think question this is, is a good real, matchup for the yeah, teams. Yeah. I guess my question there is wh- just as far as this season has played out, what is Georgia's best? Well, I mean, I think a we don't know because they haven't played anybody yet. <laughs> they played yeah. Notre Dame, and that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's well, why I say what I say. Well, but again, I think we know what Georgia's best was last year, and they didn't necessarily lose a lot of guys off of that team. So I think if Georgia plays to its full potential, they're 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 a load, right? Now, I think what we what I expected was I expected them to come out and just absolutely dominate Kentucky, and that's the thing that really sort of puts the doubt in your mind. Okay, you lose a game to South Carolina, you come out flat. It's an early game. You you know they dominated that game from a yardage perspective, but had four turnovers, I think, or maybe three turnovers. The pick six by Fromm, and it sort of keeps. South Carolina in the game, but then you start looking back at who they've played, and they played Kentucky with the third string, well, not even the third string quarterback, with a wide receiver playing quarterback mm-hmm. in the rain. They played South Carolina and knocked out Holinsky, so they were on the third string quarterback there. And then they played Tennessee, where they got Maurer. <laughs> What's that? And he was basically a receiver. For yeah, South well, Carolina. Then, well, and then they got Maurer for Tennessee, coming in in his first ever start as a true freshman, um, you know, and it turns out he's better than Garantano, but still, I mean, you got him in as his first start. So they've played backup quarterbacks in a lot of the games where they've been out there and haven't necessarily been fantastic in those games. But again, I sort of go back to Georgia has the talent where if they're able to tap into that, I do think that, I mean, I think when they turn, when they push down the accelerator pedal, they got more juice than Florida does, but I think Florida is much more consistent. And so then the question is, do you get Georgia's best? Do you get Georgia's mediocre? Do you get Georgia's bad? I think you know what you're going to get from Florida. And so you you put these guys on a neutral field. I think Florida maybe wins six out of ten times. But that's one of the things where it's like, okay, um, you know, those four times it may be really it may be really bad going to the other direction. Because again, if if Georgia is able to push down the pedal, I do think that they're probably I know they're the more talented team. The question though is, are they able to take that talent, harness it, and execute on the field? No, I, I do agree with you. The potential is there. I'm just saying by what we have seen their best this season versus I think what we've seen Florida's best this season. I think Florida wins in that best on best matchup. Uh, so again, I think we need to go back and say, and we said this early in the year with the Miami game and with the Kentucky game, those are games. If those had been the last two games Florida had played, yeah, we'd be coming into this one going, oh boy, like, like this is this, this <laughs> might be a complete slaughter. And and it, and because Florida had those had those, um, I don't want to say slip ups, not slip ups, and won the game, but because they had those 
underwhelming wins early in the year, you didn't get a whole lot of respect from from the media. But at the same time, you sort of worked out the kinks and then you've progressed and gotten better. The thing that maybe would worry you as a Georgia fan is it looks like the team has regressed over the past couple of weeks. But again, you have a bye week. It's an opportunity to reset. I think we'll see pretty early on whether Kirby was able to sort of harness the team or, you know, one of the dangers with a team that's that talented is that you get a bunch of guys who think they should be on the field, think they know better than a coach. And that's one of the things I think Saban's done a really good job of at Alabama. He brings in all those five-star guys and there really hasn't been a whole lot of guys defecting. There hasn't been a whole lot of infighting that we've heard about any of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, whether Kirby has the same ability as Saban, I mean, he's bringing in similar type talent, but you, you know, those guys who come in, who've been starting their entire lives and now they're sitting third on the depth chart, they're not necessarily always happy. So um, we'll, we'll see, I think pretty early on, whether Georgia comes out focused and whether they come out um, trying to make amends for the loss and the, and the performance against Kentucky. But again, I think that's the thing that sort of sticks in everybody's mind is that you expected them to come out and just absolutely wax Kentucky. And the fact that the Wildcats were able to stay with them for the entire first half and really pretty much all the way through the third quarter, that game was close, um, makes you say, okay, they really, there really are some things you can probably exploit. And Florida is going to be able to see that on film and, and take advantage. All right, so I posed this question to our listeners out there as far as, you know, however they want to define it, however they want to define this game is a must-win uh, for the Gators. We'll start with uh, good buddy Kevin Rowell. He says, absolute must-win. The goal is to restore the Gators' standard, and that includes beating Georgia in Jacksonville, as well as competing for SEC and national championships. A win swings momentum a bit back in the, Gator, in the Gators' favor on multiple levels. Uh, Gatorade says, um, uh, I think a win would not satisfy every Gator fan's opinion of uh, on Mullins recruiting, but it would quiet the doubters who say it's impossible to compete with Georgia given the disparity. It could also be, uh, it could also be the turning point in recruiting, uh, question mark, exclamation mark. So we'll, of course, you know, uh, we've, uh, we've harped on recruiting a good bit here on this podcast. So, uh, to, uh, uh, to the detriment of many or, or a lot of people there, you know, it, it, we, uh, it's uh, a lightning rod topic, uh, of course. And especially when you compare it to, uh, you know, what is going on up and going on up in Athens and, and the way they're recruiting there, uh, has it panned into any titles yet? But, uh, you know, that the, 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 the thought out there seems that it would, but uh, it, it's not only just recruiting, you know, just what Georgia does. It's it's head to head recruiting uh, as well. You go back to the springtime and when we we're looking at recruiting, and you know, yeah, granted, it, it doesn't look as bad now uh, there. You know, the quarterback Carson Beck from here in Jacksonville uh, to be a Gator lean. Georgia, you know, uh, is, is able to get him, but uh, you know, this fall comes playing out, and I think Florida fans feel pretty good about getting Anthony Richardson over. Uh, Carson Beck, but there was, you know, uh, defensive tackle Warren Brinson out there, offensive tackle Joshua Braun out there too. You know, those guys are, are guys that the Gators wanted, and, and Georgia ended up getting those guys in some of the recruiting battles there. So, yeah, when you when, when recruits start looking at, you know, what's going on at Florida and what's going on at Georgia, you know, it is time for, you know, Florida to, to win a game in Jacksonville and maybe get into the recruits' minds that, hey, it, it's they're, they're not far back. Uh, this is a, a place that we can go win. It's a place we can go get developed and, and you know, really help Florida turn, uh, you know, t t turn the roster around a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been pretty clear on this, that recruits don't win championships, but you don't win recruits or you don't win championships without high-level recruits. <laughs> and and so, you know, one of the things that Mullen – and we've said this, or at least I've said this all along, which is that if Mullen's able to prove me wrong, I think you say that's a feather in his cap in terms of his coaching ability his ability and his ability to develop people. We've seen this in Clemson a little bit. It's not a perfect example, but Clemson's recruiting was sort of right around where Florida's is, and Debo's slowly improved that. And now they're an elite recruiting program, and, and they've really built that one up there. Um, um, you know, the biggest thing I think is that when you look historically at the SEC, you know, Bill Sykes had this an article on my site maybe six months or a year ago. So since 1990, only two coaches have won their first SEC championship at their school after their third season. So that was Phil Fulmer in 97 and then Tommy Tuberville in 2004. And the six guys who've been hired and won SEC championships since 2005 
won the conference in their first three seasons. So if you think Mullen's going to take a step back last year, then to sort of meet that metric, he's going to have to win it this year. Um, the other thing is, is I don't think that beating George is necessarily a referendum on recruiting. Mm-hmm. I think it says something about Kirby smart more than it does about whether recruits are, <laughs> whether recruits make you successful. The other thing is it hasn't won you the SEC yet. Cause you got to go face another recruiting behemoth yeah. either in a rematch against LSU, or you got to face, face Saban and, and, and push through there too. So, still a rough road regardless of of winning this game but winning this game again it's your neighbor when you look i had an article maybe three or four months ago looking at recruiting and looking at the map and florida basically was stuck in in florida and then sort of around georgia and alabama and even to the west coast for chris Steele and things like that they weren't necessarily making many inroads into georgia and into alabama i think a win here allows them to start to make inroads into south georgia start to really be a player for guys who grow up in that area and and so yeah obviously it makes a difference that you want to bring in the best players you obviously also want to have a coach who's the best coach and i think mullen is proving very very convincingly that he can do a lot with um with the level of recruit that he's got but there's really no pro like i would love to see what he can do with the percy harbin percy harbins and tim tebow's of the world if he brings those guys in too and so this is a step towards that um it's not the be all end all i still think regard i mean i think i think mullen can beat kirby like a drum i think kirby will probably still probably end up with a better overall recruiting ranking over the next three or four years, just because he, that seems to be an area where he excels and that's okay, but the gap needs to close. And this is part of that. Yep. Uh, a lot of it's in-state recruiting too, and credit to dog nation here uh, for, for, for putting this out. Uh, the Bulldogs have four commitments this cycle um, out of 16 from the state of Georgia. Georgia has more pledges so far this cycle from Florida five than it's than inside its own state. Uh, Georgia has also, uh, five commitments from among the top 50 players in Florida this cycle. Uh, Gators only have seven uh, in that same slot there. So, yeah, it's not just about recruiting. It's about recruiting in your own home state and, and, and Georgia, you know, coming down there, coming down here and, and getting some of those guys as well. And we talked about that on the panel uh, last week as well. You know, Florida's got to start winning uh, some of these big recruiting battles and maybe a win uh, in Jacksonville kind of contributes uh, to, to that kind of turning around a good bit. So there we go. Uh in some of these comments here, there'll be a lot of recruiting talk. Uh, I don't talk much recruiting during the season. That's just a rule of mine. So yeah, well, none uh, of it matters this weekend. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> it really doesn't. It really, it, and it really doesn't. Exactly. Well, uh, that's the only one place- is, I try not to harp on it too much during the season for that purpose. The only place that it matters is that we've seen what's happened when Grenard and Zaniga have been out the past few weeks. Yeah. And that is a, a direct function of, of having guys who are either young behind them or guys who aren't, aren't quite as good behind them. And, or, 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 or not qualified, damn you, NCAA. Well, that too. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, it, is, it is indicative of the fact that, um, you know, you want the next guy to step up and be just as good. And right now that's not the case. I mean, there's a clear drop off when those two guys aren't in there. And so obviously the health of those guys is going to be an important factor for this game. And that's really the only place where I can say that recruiting really plays a big, a big difference here. Maybe it's safety a little bit, but um, you know, at the end of the day, there are no excuses. Florida's got an experienced group of guys. Um, They've had plenty of time in the system and, you know, they're going to have to step up and win the game. Yep. Sean Hankins says uh, it defines the season for both teams. SEC championship game or bust. Recruits will take more notice of the program with a win. We'll have an additional game, additional game to watch and showcase the talent of the program. So many pros, if he wins this game, could uh, make us the top dog in the East for years to come. Bobby Glenn says, you've got to be able to beat top teams if you want to be one. So, yes, it's a must win to reach the ultimate goals as team. It would also help take some, take some of the shine off of a rival, also a benefit. So, well, I do like that part of Bobby brings up is, you know, look, to, to be a top team, you got to beat the top teams. And Florida's got a good win over Auburn uh, so far this year. A really close, hard-fought loss uh, to LSU. This is another uh, top-10 matchup uh, that, you know, as I said, going into the season, didn't like you had a, you know, many people weren't picking Florida to win this. Uh, but now, yeah, eventually, you know, if, Mullen, if this program's going to get where it, it, it needs to go, where we, as Gator Nation, want it to, wants it to be, you have to beat some of the best teams in the nation to do it. Yeah, well, nobody gives out real trophies for going ten and three. Yeah, 
And the reality is, is if you want to win the real trophies, if you want to really match what the Gator standard really is, then you got to win this game because you're not winning the you're not making the playoff, you're not winning the national championship. And you know maybe that's an unreasonable goal for Mullen in year two, but the reality is, is he sort of put that goal out there as as where he wants to go. And you're not doing that without beating Georgia and without getting to the SEC championship game. You get to the SEC championship championship game, you got a shot at the playoff. And so. Um, you know, that that's really what they're fighting for here. Now, obviously you got to take care of business going forward beyond the, beyond the game with Georgia, but you know, that's, what's on the line is, is an opportunity to set yourself up to be able to make it to the SEC championship game and start putting real trophies on your shelf. And, and that's been the goal all along and you can't accomplish that without beating Georgia here. Dustin Woolbright, a demonstrator 19 says losing the game doesn't eliminate UF from most of the goals it had in the preseason. However, this is a game you win if you're ready, if if you're a team ready to take the next step back to prominence. Dustin Smith says winning this game is an absolute must win. First off, as Florida's biggest rival, defeated demoralizing and therefore not an option. Also, winning would be huge for recruiting. And if the team truly aspires to be in the playoff, this is indeed a must win. It's time we beat Georgia. Uh, my name is Earl, says yes, for, for momentum of the program, recruiting, and for Mullen as a coach. This win would put UF in the SEC title game, bearing, barring a disaster, and firmly in the college football discussion. It's important for trajectory of what Mullen and fans see as the rightful place of being relevant nationally. Uh, more on recruiting, Deontay Max says it's a must win, and Florida wants to get more top-tier recruits on campus. We have to win these games to show these kids why you come to Florida because nobody's goal is second place. Well, this next one's pretty interesting. Got uh, M2B at uh, Boudreaux underscore doctor. He goes, he doesn't think so given the huge talent gap. Once Mullen starts recruiting like we hope he's capable and the talent is comparable, then we must beat them. And that's kind of, you know, I'll disagree there only because going back and I I remember looking at the preseason magazines and kind of looking at how many players – Florida placed on the all Athlon and all Indies and all Phil Stills team and saying, look, yeah, I, I know recruiting hasn't been what it was comparable to Georgia, but when you started going down the list of those teams and Florida had as many players as Georgia, had as many players as Alabama, not quite maybe first team, but you had uh, you know as many players there, more than LSU, more than Auburn. And in some of these lists here, letting you know there was enough talent, at least for this year, enough experienced talent where Florida could make a run. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I want Florida to recruit better as as well as anybody in the country. I'd love it if they were bringing in number one classes, but they haven't done that. But that doesn't absolve you from having to perform on the field if you want to be a successful program and if you want to live up to the standard of the program. And and so they're going to need to win the games with talent deficits against the big boys to really get where they want to go. And and I think, you know, when we were harping on recruiting last year and the year before, what we were told was – was that when he wins, the recruits will come. And so it's one or the other, right? The recruits have been, I mean, again, these aren't terrible recruiting classes, but they're not top two, they're not top three, they're not top five. And so if that's what you think is necessary to win long-term and win consistently, then you got to find a way to get there. And if you're not going to get there in year one, year two, year three, then you got to start winning these big games to get there eventually. Because it's not, like, again, if Georgia beats Florida like a drum for the next three years, and you have the option of going to Georgia or Florida, why would you go to Florida at that point? Because there is like the selling point of you can come here and win isn't really all that convincing. Like the selling point only becomes convincing if you start winning these games. So, um, you know, it, it's it's the bed you're in. You got to make the best of it. I think Mullen is uniquely skilled to be able to do so. I've been really impressed with what he's done last year, but then also with some of the stuff he's done this year too. So I have a lot of faith in the guy. It's just a question of, you know, if you're going to turn that around, it, it really is a chicken and the egg type thing. Yeah, I mean, you could tell what a lot of Gator Nation thinks that uh, recruiting is that this game is a big barometer for for how recruiting is going to turn out. Well, and that's and that's true in every rivalry game, right? I mean, the win against yeah. FSU last year was a big deal yeah. because it, I mean, a it ended it ended Florida State's bowl bowl streak. B it ended that streak that was frustrating to Florida fans. Um, you know, if nothing else, a win over Georgia is going to get the boosters excited. It's going to get the fan base excited. It's going to get people buzzing about Florida nationwide. I mean, all that stuff is just fantastic 
publicity for Florida. Like you said, nobody else is playing this weekend. So it's the, it's really the marquee game of the weekend. And and so all those things play into having a successful program. That doesn't mean that a loss absolutely de- like destroys the program or anything like that, but it is a setback. And I think it's okay to admit that. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. A few more thoughts kind of going along that way too. Uh, KB at number one draft pick says Saturday isn't a must win. UF can still take another strong step in building a championship program with a 10 and two record and a new year six bowl win. However, it's a huge opportunity to announce that Florida is ahead of schedule and already a natty contender in year two with a win. Nick frame says not a must win because of new year six uh, and year to year consistency still being in play, but man, I would feel like this would skyrocket the program forward in so many ways. The program is already on a great path, but this would accelerate it greatly. Bearded, Bearded Waddy at IGYB100 says, absolutely, not only for the season goals, but going forward in recruiting. Curb can say all. Um, Curb can say he has beat Mullen three years running. If Georgia wins, we have to take the East back if Florida's going to get where they want. Uh, Gator Girl 888 uh, Amiquin, uh says, it's a must win in order to reach our ceiling this season, uh, but not for the overall trajectory of the program. And the last couple right here, Dylan Young says, I could be wrong, but as much as this means, uh, as much as this means for continuing the season and postseason hopes, I don't think it's an understatement that this win could be monstrous for us in recruiting. Knock them off. We are kings of the East again. Chomp Central says, uh, it's the small steps in the right direction that matter. Here we go, Will. It looked like Muschamp and McIlwain were taking them, but things never panned out. Last year, we won 10 games. This year, win the East. And then in future years, win the SEC and getting to the playoffs progression. And, you know, you can see that. Uh, they're, they're, the way Florida finished last season uh, and getting 10 wins, uh, like you said, you know, beating FSU, getting 10 wins, winning the bowl game, that was already different than anything we had saw under seen under Jim McElwain. Uh, go back to Will Muschamp's 2012 season as well and go into the bowl game and, you know, getting – routed by louisville uh you know so you already kind of a comparison if you wanted to make from mullen compared to those two coaches what they were able to do earlier on in their tenure but yeah you can say you know with a win over georgia you should go beat vanderbilt you should go beat missouri and should go beat florida state you know those games still have to happen but granted yeah you can't go to atlanta and get you know trounced by lsu or alabama when you're in atlanta uh, but I don't think most people most people don't think that will happen. There was still an inclination of of McLean by getting beat by FSU the week before, the week before the SEC championship games that there was no way Florida was going to win win those games. We'd be going in Atlanta, especially if you're playing LSU and and the way that was a, a hard fought game. You'd be going into Atlanta really thinking you'd have a the fan base, and I think many national pundits out there as well would go into Atlanta, would go into the SEC championship game really thinking Florida had a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think the McIlwain comparison is an interesting one just from the standpoint of, I mean, we knew Florida was a paper tiger by the time they got to the SEC championship game in those particular seasons, right? I mean, we essentially knew they didn't have a chance against Alabama in those two games, especially the one with Appleby gave us a little bit of hope, putting us up seven, nothing to start. And then the bottom just fell out in that particular game. And and one of the reasons that we knew that is because of sort of the last, the last couple of games of the year. I mean, the 29 to two loss with Treon Harris out there against Florida state and, and, and those sorts of things. But um, you know, again, those teams went nine and three and 10 and three. So you know, I think everybody expected year three to be something where Florida might be able to take a step forward, um, and, and then the bottom fell out. I don't think that'll happen under Mullen. I think he's got a much higher floor than McElwain ever did. I think he's proven to be a far superior coach. At the same time, you know, coming into this, coming into the Auburn game, we said if Florida goes three and one, then they've really accomplished something significant. And that's what's on the line here is that if they win this game, they've gone three and one in that gauntlet. They've stayed healthy enough to be able to do that. Um, The loss to LSU is not a crippling loss. They they might even get another opportunity to play them. But, you know, this is the one where the the season really hinges on whether you go two and two or whether you go three and one in this four game stretch, which we've identified since last, you know, since last offseason. Really, really, the the minute the season ended, we looked at the schedule and said, these are the four games where where it's going to be make or break. And they've gotten to a point now where this is the make or break game. And it feels like it's 
it, it feels like it's big to big to everyone just because you're in the moment. Again, I don't think the program falls apart if they lose to Georgia, but it's something I'd be disappointed about just because you had an opportunity. It's in your grasp. You can go out and really, really, really make a jump for your program. And, and so that opportunity is there and Florida has the opportunity. We'll see if they're able to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last few thoughts here, everybody. Thank you so much for sending uh, the, the responses here. This was absolutely a, a popular topic. So uh, I want to get as many as I can in here. Scott Sweat says, not necessarily a must win if we lose a close game and go on to win a New Year's Six Bowl, but this game could change perception and recruiting big time. Uh, with Georgia expected to win it all this year, a dagger from their biggest rival would say a lot and be uh, would be payback to Kirby for this offseason. I think Tony Aguilini might put it best here just because it is quickly. It, it is my feelings here. Georgia is always a must win. That, I mean, that, that's, that, that's probably the, the, the shortest and sweetest response ever because, yes, everybody knows I was raised in Georgia. Uh, all my best friends are, are Georgia fans, or most of my best friends are Georgia fans. Uh, I can't stand it losing to Georgia uh, there. So, yeah, absolutely, I have to agree with Tony. Georgia is always a must win. There's no matter. It, it doesn't matter if Florida's, you know, eight and one, seven and one, go or seven, you know, seven and one going into the game, or 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 zero oh and seven, or zero oh and six going into the game. It doesn't matter. It's always a must win. Uh, go ahead, Will. No, I was gonna say, just you know, isn't it great that this is where we're at? That really, yeah. Not only is it, you know, normally you get into these rivalry games and you have lulls where one team's struggling and the other one's good, and then the other one's good and 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 you're struggling a little bit, and you, know, you kind of know what's going to happen coming into the game, and and this is one where I don't know, you know, we really don't know what's going to happen coming into this game. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if if the best version of Florida and Georgia both show up, I think Georgia probably pulls it out, but I think the likelihood of George, the best Georgia showing up, is probably less than the likelihood of the best Florida showing up, and so. Um, it's just really, really fun to to have all the marbles being on the line in a huge rivalry game. And like you said, Georgia fans suck. Like, <laughs> I can't stand it. So, you know, it's one of those things where we're going to get picked at for, for some of the things we've said after the game. And I'm sure Twitter will be a place that we'll want to avoid if, if, if we lose, the place that we will go and troll endlessly if we win the game. And it's just fun to go into a weekend where that's the opportunity that you've got in front of you. And, uh, you know, again, anybody who loves college football, anybody who loves, who loves Florida looks at this and says it's awesome that they have the opportunity. It says thank you to Mullen for getting, to this, getting us to that place because it's been a while since Florida and Georgia has meant this much. And yeah. it's awesome that, I mean, you know, whatever you say about Kirby, it's nice that he's got them in a position where this is a game that means so much to both teams and everything's on the line. Yeah, I mean, this game means so much to me personally. So I, I do love that that you know it is a top ten matchup. You know that it's it is a big game. Don't get me wrong; I don't mind seeing Georgia lose. But when you're in that atmosphere, when you're there on that day, you know, feeling the big game atmosphere, there's, that that that's, that goes a long way uh, here. So last three comments here: CLT Gator says, "I don't think so." Dan Mullen's still building this team. I am going to give him more time to get this team to where he wants it. One game doesn't sway recruits; seasons do. Now, Florida should win this game. I need them to because my wife is a Georgia fan, and it's time for me to have some smack talk uh, there. So I like that uh, uh, crazy uh, – uh, I'll throw this comment in there, but, but, but the crazy name here, at Felipe Stinks. So, <laughs> a creative name there, uh, of course. But uh, says, not only for the season, but also for Dan Mullen. A win over Georgia year two would pretty much cement him as a top-notch head coach and continue to help recruiting and the last one from Kevin Harris at uh, CAVHAR internally we know that we are headed in the right direction a win on Saturday announces it to the nation we can do it so why not go seize the opportunity anything catch you catch you there will yeah man like i said just excited it's it's one of those things where you have the opportunity in front of you what do you do with it that's why you come to florida to play the games um you know it's why it's so much fun to be an alumnus from from a university like this and and really just sort of sets up for a really good time on saturday like you said at the opening like can saturday come here a little bit sooner <laughs> um tuesday at work's gonna be a little bit rough tomorrow so yeah <laughs> by the time we get to thursday or friday it'll just be you know licking my chops so i i can't wait and it's gonna be a lot of fun all right we'll get into actual some on-field stuff in just a second where we're releasing his 
article at Read Reaction. Really good look at uh, what Florida can do on the field, what Georgia can do on the field uh, here. But before we do, it's uh, Will, man, it's hard to believe there's only about a month left till college football regular season, almost halfway through the NFL season. So now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and most prop bets of any sports book out there. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go bet with my bookie. And if you're the kind of guy who likes to, to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet. And when they all come through, the reward will be huge. If you're tired of watching the game from the couch with nothing to gain, my bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and get back on the game. So right now, you can double your first deposit at MyBookie. Use promo code GATERS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today at MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use promo code GATERS when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid at MyBookie. And guys, you've got to go try UFM underwear. Underwear for Men is the only brand of men's underwear that offers both isolation and support, all while keeping you cool. Unlike other pouch underwear brands that have thin mesh panels or pre-sized pouches, Underwear for Men's patented pending design prevents skin-on-skin contact and eliminates chafing. And the drawstring pouch can be felt, can't be felt from inside or seen from the outside. Underwear for Men is a state of Florida company and has you covered no matter the activity. Everyday underwear, athletic underwear, work underwear, medical underwear, underwear for men is made for it all in sizes up to 5X. So try your pair over at ufmunderwear.com right now and use promo code BREAKDOWN to get $5 off your pair of UFM underwear. UFM underwear, support your manhood. So, Will, you did release your article on this, uh, you know, the Monday before the game. Uh, plenty of time for people to go check it out at readandreaction.com. A lot of good analysis there from Will. And with a big takeaway I, I get from your article, and you you said it as well uh, in there, you know, just by looking at uh, the offensive and defensive rankings uh, for, you know, that Georgia should have an advantage if you look at it that way. Uh, but there's, and you mentioned it as well, there's some, there's some caveats to that line of thinking. We know just by looking at Florida's schedule, it's been tougher so far than Georgia's just by playing Auburn and LSU already. Uh, but the common opponents tell a story here that you outlined very well in the article. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at Kentucky, South Carolina, and Tennessee, like I already said, Georgia played probably – well, not probably. Georgia definitely played the worst of the quarterbacks there compared to Florida. And when you look at Florida's – the stat I used was yards per play differential. So basically the yards per play gained by Florida minus the yards per game, yards per play allowed by Florida for a game against Kentucky. And then the same thing for Georgia. And, and in two of the three games – Florida was the better team against Kentucky. They were the better team, South Carolina. They were the better team. And then against Tennessee, they were basically equivalent. And so again, you look at the common opponents, Georgia hasn't really differentiated themselves. In fact, if you look at the points, you know, Georgia scored 81, gave up 34. So that's 47 more points than they gave up. Florida scored 101 and gave up 51. So the Gators have a 50 um, point differential. So they've outscored the common opponents by more than Georgia has. Now, certainly Georgia lost to South Carolina and Florida didn't. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why people are doubting Georgia at this point is that they lost that game to to South Carolina in a way that really they shouldn't have lost that game. And mm-hmm. um, some of that is on Fromm. Some of that is on their defense. But a lot of that is on Kirby Smart. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're seeing um, some of the effects of, of Smart and his ability or inability to get that team prepared to play in some of the things we're seeing here. So, again, I, I think you look at it and say not only the common opponents, but but who has Georgia played this year? Mm-hmm. And they've played Vanderbilt, who has the 122nd ranked defense in yards per play allowed. Arkansas State at 94th. Notre Dame at 34th, though, again, the Irish haven't necessarily played anybody all that rough. And when they played a Michigan team that isn't fantastic, got absolutely torched, then you got Tennessee, South Carolina, and Kentucky that they played the last three weeks. And other than putting away Tennessee, and even that game was a little bit closer. I mean, if you if you know any people on Twitter who are Tennessee fans, they'll sort of tell you that that Georgia game was when the team started to look a little bit different. 
And obviously Tennessee comes out and beats South Carolina last week. And, and there's a little bit of hope now in Knoxville that the team's better, but it kind of started with them giving Georgia a little bit of a hard time in the first quarter. And, and, you know, so struggling a little bit against Tennessee, a lot against South Carolina, and then significantly against Kentucky too. Um, you know, Florida didn't necessarily have those struggles against those three teams. And, and I think that's maybe why people think, and I think in particular that the Florida has a real shot here. Well, well, of course, the, the, the biggest matchup, in the, of course, I mean, everybody knows the big matchup of this game. It's not rocket science. This game is going to come down to one matchup and, and one player uh, for, for this Georgia offense. Don't get me wrong. You know, you go back and look at how Jake Fromm has, has played against Florida the last couple of years, going back to last year too. Uh, but really, it's how does Florida stop DeAndre Swift? I mean, that, that is the matchup of the game uh, that we can look to. Yes, all the other matchups matter uh, as well. But if Florida can't stop the run game, there's very little chance Florida will win this game. And again, given the, the last two weeks and, and Florida struggles against LSU and, and South Carolina, that's one reason this matchup or uh, th- that particular matchup is highlighted even more is what can Florida do to improve on defense? Yes, they'll get Zaniga and Grenard back more than likely. Uh, Grenard you know, did talk to the media here on this Monday night and says he's about you know, 85% ready to go. Uh, and he says yeah, it would take a lot for him to, to miss this game. So, you know, and plus, you know, Nick DeLatore tweeted it out and I was thinking it at the same time. Most of the time, if guys are not going to play or nowhere near ready to play, you don't let them talk to the media. And he's out there talking to the media here uh, on this Monday night. So, you know, granted, Florida gets some players back uh, there, but they still are going to have to improve, uh, especially up the middle, that second level as well at the linebacker position. But will the matchup of Florida's run defense versus DeAndre Swift will 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 determine the outcome of this game? Absolutely. Well, I mean, Florida's given up 12 explosive run plays all year long. Seven of them have come in the last two games against LSU and South Carolina. And you can sort of excuse it against LSU just because of how explosive their offense is. But but Auburn did a much better job of slowing them down this past week. And so I think some of that lays at, you know, Grenard and Zaniga being injured. I think some of it just lays at maybe Florida not being quite as good as maybe we thought they were. The interesting thing is, is that in the last three games, Georgia has 11 explosive plays. They haven't really been that explosive on offense, but five of those are with Swift. And so, you know, there was also a big run for for Harrion and then a few run a few throws to the outside to either Demetrius Robinson or, or Lawrence Cager. And um you know, I, I think it, Cager isn't necessarily going to play in this game. It looks like he's doubtful. And yes, he did, he did practice today though. Okay, so maybe he will play. But, but we'll see. Yeah, it's still very close. But he's going to be sore, and and you wonder whether he's going to – those back shoulder throws that mm-hmm. Fromm likes are something that are going to cause issues for a guy with a bum shoulder. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Swift is the guy you got to stop. He's the guy who really makes the offense run. He's the reason they won that game against Kentucky. I mean, it certainly wasn't Fromm who helped them win that game against Kentucky. So that's – you're right. I mean, when you look at matchups and say, does Florida have a shot – I think uh, I think Swift is the place you look at. I think the other key matchup is really the Georgia defensive line against Florida's offensive line, particularly the pass rush, mm-hmm. and that's a place where I think Florida can make some hay in, in that particular matchup. I I suspect you know I I, I think this this has the opportunity. I, I didn't really pick it, but I, I think this does have the opportunity to be a shootout if everything mm-hmm. falls right. Um, just because, and it's funny to say that because these are usually teams that hang their hats on defense. But um, with Swift out there, if he's running wild because Florida can't stop the running game, and I, I suspect Georgia's going to have a little bit of trouble with Trask as well, it, it might end up being a high-scoring affair. Yeah, to go back and, and highlight that that the other side of that matchup, like you said, you know, Kyle Trask, this offensive line, this passing game versus the Georgia defense. This Georgia defense does uh, f- once again uh, a, a lack of pass rush. You know, for all the talent that they can bring in on this defensive, the you know the edge rushers and, and defensive ends, this is still another year so far where the, the, they've had a lack of pass rushing. Ten of their sixteen sacks have come against Murray State and Arkansas State. Yeah, that's that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then if, here we go. I'll go even further. You know, they they've they've struggled to generate consistent pass rush against the, the Power Five opponents. As well, they've had just four sacks in their last four games, and all but one of those come against uh, Tennessee. So, thirteen of their sixteen sacks are Murray State, Arkansas State, and Tennessee. Yeah, well, and you look at it and say, even if the sixteen sacks were evenly distributed, 
3.7% of the of basically their the plays that they've had have ended in a sack which isn't really very good. I mean Florida's probably up around up around 5% and some of that is owed to the 10 sacks that they got to open the year but that's also the only time that they had Zaniga and Grenard mm-hmm. on the team healthy at the exact same time along with a fully healthy secondary as well and I think that pro- plays a role in it. Um, you know Georgia's defense has been very good from a ranking perspective this year. But again, not getting pressure on the quarterback. Florida's going to have to throw the ball effectively to win this game. And Trask has shown a propensity to drop the ball when he gets hit. But he's also shown the propensity to go to the right place with the ball when he's got time to throw. And I think he's going to have an opportunity to throw. And you know, Mullen, one of the things I think that's been really impressive with Mullen this year is the way he's used Kyle Pitts to open up matchups. Whether he gets a double team on Pitts, and then that opens up Swain and Hammond and, and even Tyree Cleveland to some extent or whether they go one-on-one with Pitts and then they just isolate him and, and just keep throwing the ball to him until they finally are forced into a double team. Pitts is really a game changer in terms of being able to dictate matchups on the defense, you know, to the defense. And if Trask has time, he's going to be able to pick them apart. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's so many ways to look at this game, honestly. I and mean, it's uh, – those are the two. Uh, I think uh, I agree with you and your article at Read Reaction that those are the two matchups that I think will make the, the biggest difference in the game. Can Florida, Florida stop this run game and can Georgia pressure uh, Trask enough to, to, to affect him there? So uh, I do like the Kyle Pitts matchup there and, and how Florida can, can go deep at receiver uh, as well. Uh, Campbell. Tyson Campbell should be back for Georgia. He's practicing. Uh, I think he returned last week. Uh, he's practicing uh, again uh, today as well. So you know, Georgia will get a little healthy as well uh, in, in the bye week. It, that, that's another thing, Will, I just don't think we can forecast. I did mention it earlier. You go and look at how Jake Fromm performed against LSU last year. They had a bye week to hear all the negative hoopla and then able to show up in Jacksonville. And Jake Fromm plays you know, probably his best game of the season last year uh, versus Florida. You know, I think the bye week is this kind of ultimate wild card here. You know, of course, you, you and I mentioned it last week. Uh, you go back to 2005 and how Florida inserted and used Billy Latsko. I think you can look at last year uh, of Georgia just kind of steaming for two weeks after losing the LSU. I mean, the bye week, the, the, the bye week can throw a, a wrench and a wild card into this, this type of game. Yeah, I think we misremember a little bit how well Fromm played in that game last year. I think when you look at the end, when you look at the end result, his, his statistics looked really good, but let's be honest, Florida was outgained by 154 yards. They lost the turnover battle three, nothing. You had the ball that, that Frank's just like basically dropped on the goal line. And then, you know, the, the Scarlet fumble to open up the game, the, the interception that Frank's threw that was just terrible into his own coverage. But Florida was only six points down with 11 minutes to go in the game. They were up after the touchdown drive. Um, coming out of halftime, Florida had a shot to win that game. And the reason they had a shot to win that game is because Kirby Smart kept kicking field goals when his team got stopped at the one-yard line, and Florida was able to at least get in, get into the end zone enough to keep it close. And and that's really, I think, where I hang my hat in this one is I do not trust Kirby Smart to make the right decision on fourth down. I don't expect him to make the right play call in an important, in an important play. Um, and I also have seen regression from Fromm and he doesn't have Nada as a safety valve over the middle. And he didn't throw over the middle a lot last year with Nada, but this year I think he's got like 16 completions to tight ends <laughs> after having like something like 50 last year. And just the fact that the tight end is a non-factor in the offense means that he has to throw outside. And that's where Florida's strength is. So if you're throwing against Marco Wilson and you're throwing against C.J. Henderson, you are doing what Florida wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And if you look at how LSU just torched Florida, I mean, it was those little, it was those little yeah. girls inside. And then once they got to the point where everybody started creeping up to stop the run or to stop the sort of short passes, that's when they went deep and hit the daggers. And and you know, again, I think if you have a healthy C.J. Henderson and a healthy Marco Wilson out there. You want from to throw to the outside. You want those back to shoulder throws. If you get beat, you get beat. But the reality is, is Grantham has seen that Fromm wants to go to the outside. There was a play I diagrammed where South Carolina almost got to something mm. where Fromm was reading man coverage. It was actually a zone, and they almost put, they almost pulled off a pick. 
And I really think that Florida is going to have an opportunity. And this maybe is where the game's going to be won or lost. I, I think Amari Bernie or Trey Dean is going to have an opportunity to jump in when Grantham sort of baits from into one of those throws to the outside playing something that looks man, but actually switching into his own. I think one of those guys is going to have an opportunity for a pick six. And if they get it, I think it really puts Florida in a position to take control of the game. And if it just bounces off their face mask, it's one of those things we're going to look back on and say, if only he'd caught it. Because he's not going to put it out there a bunch to be taken the other way. But, you know, South Carolina took advantage of it. And that's why South Carolina got the win. Now, obviously, they got a lot of pressure on Fromm on that play, and he sort of hung it up there, and, and and it didn't have a whole lot of juice on it. But there's going to be an opportunity for Florida to take one the other way. When you go watch Fromm's film, he throws outside, he throws into tight spaces, and there's an opportunity to trick him. And if they can get one of those, I think Florida really pulls this game out just because of it. Again, if it bounces off the guy's shoulder pads, then that's one of those where we'll sort of be scratching our heads next year and saying, if only that play had gone Florida's way, they would have been able to win the game. And that's really, I think, this game is going to come down to those little small bits of execution. So, you know, when you talk about coaching, Mullins teams typically don't get penalized very much. That wasn't the case last year. It's definitely the case this year. They're getting penalized much less. Basically, at Mississippi State levels is what they're getting penalized this year. You don't see a bunch of false starts. You don't see a bunch of stupid penalties. Um, They're starting to get a little bit better on the offensive line. And then, you know, you look on, on smart side, I mean, he's calling timeouts with one second left on the opponent's play clock against South Carolina, just making decisions that are completely inexplicable. And if he does it again, you know, again, that's three, six, seven points in, in, Florida's, in Florida's advantage. You know, I think Mullen's probably worth a touchdown in this game. And so if you get a pick six and if Mullen's worth a touchdown, then Florida's already four, or Georgia's already 14 points behind the eight ball and, and really is giving you a shot to overcome the talent difference that we've seen. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things to look for, but that's that's the thing I'd really look for is I think there's an opportunity. There's going to be an opportunity for Florida to take one the other way for a touchdown and they're going to have to make that play. From your lips to uh, just, just to making it happen, Will. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to all the listeners uh, – <laughs> <laughs> tweeting at me if it happens because it'll, it'll be it'll be fun to fun to see it. I tell you what, if if they get a pick six, I'm just that's it. I'm yes, done. <laughs> you're done. In there. Hopefully, could you imagine if it was the last play of the game or something like that too? Oh, that, we call that the burrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back to a year ago. Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, well, if people follow me on Twitter. If they couldn't tell uh, last week, absolutely happy. Will of course, Florida Georgia staying in Jacksonville uh, for you know for for the foreseeable future. Couldn't be happier there, you know, living in Jacksonville, being raised in Southeast Georgia, of course, you know, just like I said, this game means a whole lot to me. So it's staying in Jacksonville. I don't want it to go anywhere else. Uh, so, you know, at least through 2023 uh, with an option to extend uh, through 2025 there. So, I mean, yeah, this was, this is, you know, exactly. I knew it was coming uh, there with you know, working with the city of Jacksonville at the TV station news for Jacks. So we've gotten word that, uh, it, that it was coming down the pipe. So kind of just had to lay low, stay quiet and, uh, until Friday till today announced it. But uh, yeah, well, absolutely happy. Uh, this game. Yeah. Look, I put out a YouTube video last Friday too uh, on the Gators breakdown YouTube channel and just kind of explaining how I felt about it and everything, but no, do not move this game ever. I mean, the game's not going anywhere. The the fans love it. It makes Jacksonville and the programs a ton of money. I think there are probably a couple of tweaks they can make to where the home team can host recruits or yep. something like that. And yep. then you and then you you take away any sort of argument against having it there. Obviously the Georgia fans get insufferable when they don't win the game and, and start talking about how, you know, it's unfair that it's in Jacksonville, that they have to fly and Florida gets to drive and, and all that sort of stuff, which is complete BS because, you know, when they win, you never hear any of that stuff, but you know, end of the day, nobody says anything when Georgia plays the SEC championship game in Atlanta. And so nobody, you know, it's a neutral site game. You're getting paid. Um, this game's not going anywhere, which is great. I mean, right? It's one of the great traditions in college football. It makes it different. Um, you know, obviously, when they had to renovate the stadium, the players, I think, kind of enjoyed the home and home that they got between having Georgia and Gainesville and then going up and playing in Athens. But, um, but you know, at end of the day, like the reason we love college football, beyond just the fact that we love programs and that we love the schools we went to, is that um, you've got all those great traditions and 
you know, the, the traditions are what make it being able to do the, we are the boys at the end of the third quarter, being able to, to sing Tom Petty. And now, I mean, that's a cool new tradition that they brought on Mr. Two bits, all those sorts of things that are big traditions And Florida, Georgia and Jacksonville is one of those traditions. There are a lot of special memories from those games and yeah, I'm glad to see it there. And, and I don't suspect it's going to be moving anytime soon. Yeah, so I reached out to uh, Chris Doring and Peter Burns just to kind of one of the former Florida player who you know played in both stadiums and in Jacksonville get his thoughts and uh, Peter Burns, who of course you know SEC Network analyst and kind of a, a, a neutral look at maybe where he thought he would like the game to be played uh, as well. So Chris Doring uh, texts me back says, you know, having played games uh, versus Georgia. Uh, you know, versus Georgia in Jacks, Gainesville, and Athens, I feel I'm qualified to say this game should remain in the River City. There is something special. Uh, there is, you know, coming over that bridge, seeing half orange and blue, half red and black. The tradition and uniqueness of playing in Jacksonville makes this more than just a normal SEC rivalry. Uh, and then Peter Burns says, I love home and home series, especially between college football powerhouses like Florida and Georgia. However, there are certain games and weekends that make college football the greatest sport out of all out of them all. Florida, Georgia, and Jacksonville is right at the top of that list that makes college football truly special. So you know, you have a former player who played all stadiums, Peter Burns, who's uh, as neutral as you can get uh, there as an SEC network analyst, and they don't want the game uh, to move either. So you know, I, well, I, I did go back. You know, in May we were discussing uh, this as well when all the talk of you know Kirby. That's kind of when Kirby. With kind of went nuclear uh, on discussing the the Florida Georgia game uh, in Jacksonville, and I ran a poll. I got to go back and find it uh, there. So of course, you know the results weren't really going to change from, from from May to now of asking people where they wanted the the, the game to be played uh, there. But you know it was out of almost two thousand votes, sixty nine percent of our, our our listeners and stuff said they want the game to stay in Jacks. So you know. Uh, 70% of the of of our listeners are, are pretty happy about the news uh that uh, the game's going to be staying in Jacksonville. Hey man, I'm I'm a lot more concerned about Scott Strickland getting a home and home with Penn State than yeah. I than I am with <laughs> than I am with this game going anywhere other than Jacksonville. I mean, the reality <laughs> is is there's there's too much money to be had for neutral site games, especially with the tradition. Um, I know there are people who feel strongly on both sides of the issue, but like you said, 70% of the fans want to see it there. And, you know, the, the, the thing is, is like seven, I would say 80% of Florida fans probably want to see it there for the most part. And then when they, when Florida's losing, it goes down to 70 and probably 70% of Georgia fans want to see it in Jacksonville until they lose. And that's like 10% who want to see it, who want to see it there. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's a great tradition. The players love it. The, the fans love it. I think it's something that, that makes college football special. And I hope it's here to stay for a really long time. Me too, me too, me too. So, all right. Well, uh, so you did release your article, like I said, today on Monday of the week. Anything else coming up there at Reading Reaction to, to get us prepped for this big top 10 showdown? Yeah, I'm going to have a few keys to the game that weren't necessarily included in uh, in the article that came out this week. Probably a little bit more film, but uh, that'll yeah. be coming out Thursday, I would I would imagine. And uh, um, might have something on Trask as well. Um, but uh, but we'll see. It's one of those things where I'm just amped up for Saturday. And, yeah. Uh, you know, got the summary, got the, got the, got the full preview out there for people early so they can read it and enjoy it and, and, uh, and call them and tell me I'm an idiot when I'm wrong after the game. Hey, Will's pick is in the game too already. So go ahead and we, and go see who uh, will pick to win the game uh, there. So that's at read and You can also follow Will on Twitter at Will Miles SEC. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.